Greetings folks, this is Tom from Shared Sagas, just giving a shout out to another wonderful podcast on the D20 radio network of shows. This week is a somewhat obvious choice in the Miskatonic University podcast. If you like our Call Cthulhu one-shot, you need to check them out, as they are the premiere Call of Cthulhu role-playing game podcast. They have interviews, actual play, and discussion about Call of Cthulhu and other horror and Lovecraft-related role-playing games. So go ahead and check them out, and many other great shows on our network. And now, on with the episode. You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. The neighbourhood is coloured by the reds and browns of autumn or fall, and the brick building of the house is overshadowed by mm, sort of taller, newer office buildings on either side. The house fronts the street. Mm. In the rear, there are overgrown plantings and sort of a a half-collapsed arbour. Access to the rear exists on the other side of the residence, which you know from your floor plan. So your initial impression of the house studying it, you're impressed by the way the house seems to withdraw a little bit into the shadows cast by the flanking buildings. It's almost a slight trick of the eye and how the blank curtained windows hide all understanding of what lies within. There's definitely an ominous chill that runs up your spine. Maybe just you imbuing that with yourself, knowing that it's a, a potentially dangerous location, but yeah, you, you pull up on the street. Some kind of doom house. Indeed. So, I guess you approach the front door. Any other precautions you're taking? Or New plan, pop- Keiko. Let's just burn it to the ground and tell him he can claim the insurance. <laughs> Great. Um, hey, look. It solves quite a few problems, if you ask me. Okay. You approach the house? Yeah. Uh, no, other, no other precautions that you're taking? So we've got our bandanas on. Yes, um, that's true. Well, I've got, so I basically, I've got um, like a long leather rucksack bag kind of thing. I've got all the tools in that that's slung over my shoulders along with lantern some kerosene mm-hmm. um, some flints uh, chalk um, it's sort of like my actually I'm an idiot I would already own all those things and they'd be in the car yeah. I'm an archaeologist look that's fine I mean as far as basic stuff like that I'll say that you've got rope, car... chalk markers pickaxe spade shovel little brush all of that kind of stuff and it's in a big old giant oblong bag that I have slung over my shoulder right so you you really look like you're off to uh, start a day of construction somewhere I would already we would have talked about this in in character I'm going to head down to the basement and I'm going to see what's down there and I'm going to do a bit of excavation not a whole huge amount of excavation but enough to see whether or not the basement has been fiddled with altered I mean that's my jam an archaeologist you're the the scientist you'll be looking at uh, swabbing surfaces and, and looking be, for chemical reactions. And I'll be desecrating a tomb. Okay. Perfect archaeologist times. Perfect. So you approach the front door to begin yeah. things and you realise that the front door is secured with a single lock but there's four additional bolts that have been added within the last year or two. Mm. And straight away that looks excessive. I mean four bolts. This is not a bad neighbourhood. And the front door has a... It's, I mean it is a disproportionately secured front door. That's for sure. Paranoia as I said. The lower floor windows are all barred as well mm. there's you know which is once again gr- grating iron grating over them the upper story windows are fine but the lower story ones are all uh, extra secure which is unusual for the neighborhood and the era this speaks to me that the families who moved in here knew something of the history and were possibly taking precautions that or a disordered mind starting to fall into the grips of paranoia what do you think Again, I wonder if perhaps they were unfairly vilified by the neighbours knowing the history of the house. Mm. And perhaps there was some involvement there and that was a way of them protecting themselves. But again, I think we need to speak to them as well. But now that we're here, let's enter. Mm. Okay, so opening the front door, you are immediately greeted by a long wooden hallway. Obviously, there's some wallpaper on the left and right, just sort of cracking and peeling a little bit. Immediately, you can see that there are two doors to the right, uh, 
the first one is slightly open. You can see that appears to lead to sort of a living room style area. And then uh, to the left along the corridor, there are three doors sort of, you know, periodically. And then right at the very, very far end of the corridor, you can see that um, there's kind of a T-junction which seems to lead to stairs, both going up and then down as well. The door on the left, like the, the, the room on the left, you're not sure, but it's, you know, closed and you can you can inspect that, obviously. There's no foyer of any kind. It's just, it just opens up into, into the hallway. And then, yeah, I guess there's kind of a living room, but that's to the right there. So where do you go first? Downstairs would be my choice. We don't know specifically where each of these, the, the actual deaths occurred. The only location within the house that we have any information on is the basement. Personally, I would go there last after checking everything else. Basically, for no other reason other than checking to make sure nobody else is there. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yep. Okay. I'm happy with that. You're going to stick together, though? Yeah. No, yeah, no, we're going to yeah. stick together. I'm going to investigate a strange noise and separate. Nope. Okay. So where are you going to? So, okay. So first of all, you've got the doors to the right and left and on this, on this ground floor. I mean, are you going to be going into any of those? Are you going to be going upstairs? Yeah. Or? Literally, the idea is it very quickly to do mm-hmm. a sweep of every single location mm-hmm. just to make sure, not investigating it, but just to no, make no, sure no. there's nobody in the room. Literally. Okay. So your first sweep is just going to be opening doors, looking in. Okay. That's that room. That's that room. That's that room. Correct. And then just doing a nice sort of walk through like that. Okay. In which case, that's perfectly fine. So to the right, immediately, as mentioned, is a living room. You can just sort of see that it's got, you know, conventional furnishings, radio couch, stuffed chairs, shelves with stuff with things. Straight away, though, the first thing that you notice when you open the door to the living room is the unusual quantities of crosses, images of the Virgin Mary and other Catholic artifacts. It's just, you know, Catholic for days. There's so many crucifixes and crosses on the wall. To the left as soon as you pop open those doors on the left you can see that that that, that appears to lead to a storage room filled with boxes of junk rusted water tanks and uh, old bicycles at the right end of the room you can see there's a cupboard which is boarded shut which is unusual mm-hmm. but moving right past that um you can see that from the living room not accessible from the hallway but accessible after you go through the living room only uh you can see what appears to be a dining room and then beyond that you can see at the end there's a kitchen uh three similar storage rooms to the left and right. So you've got, so the second storage room basically just seems to contain mostly old furniture that might be sort of broken up to burn in a wood stove, which you can can tell would have here. And the third sort of little room to the left is the mud room. So there's, you hang overcoats, galoshes, hats, and umbrellas. There's several bags of coal for the living room fire. And uh, there's a standing stove in here as well. Uh, You also notice that the side door because there, there's a small side door here, which leads outside. And you can see that it is once again, secured with like three bolts and two locks. So disproportionate. As you're looking through, you hear what very, very clearly sounds like. As you're examining this area here, the two of you sticking together in the house. And mm-hmm. bear in mind, it is somewhat dark in here. It's a little bit dusty as well because it's overcast outside. All the windows are shut and all boarded up or anything like that. So it's not very well lit in here at all. We do have a lantern if needed. You can have a flashlight or a lantern, whatever you want. Do you, uh, I'll, I'll ask you then, who's holding a lantern or flashlight? I will probably have the light in one hand okay, and a gun in the other. Okay. Simply because I'm not entirely convinced that there isn't some kind of human agency at work here. Sure. So lantern in my left, gun in the right, and also if you're doing the science stuff, which is more mostly why we're up here, mm-hmm. you're more likely to have your hands free. I wanted to get to the basement, so maybe that'll be your lantern holding time too then mm-hmm. um, perfect sense you hear a thump a very audible thump coming from upstairs okay I will run uh, definitely this is in character reckless tends to jump in feet first before thinking okay. I will come quickly Keiko and I will start running towards the noise okay lantern and gun so you run straight upstairs so, so you so you rush upstairs the stairs lead upwards of course and you can see that it's uh, you're, you're there basically on the on the upper story the upper story only takes up about two thirds of the total mm-hmm. size of the house does that, does that make sense yeah, like yeah, the, so narrows towards it the narrows on the top once again so think of it like repeating what is below there is just one long corridor with three doors that come off 
you know that these lead to the, the, the three bedrooms that this place had. And so when you get up there, you can see that the first room immediately on your left is, I mean, well, there's three, there's three doors. So are you going to open the first one, second one, or third one? Can we tell from the distance where the thump came from? No. It was too echoey. You really are not entirely sure. Actually, you know what? I'll give you time. I think I'll give you a hard. I'll give you a hard listen test. I'm gonna give it a hard goddamn listen. Yeah. All right. I got listen. I need a four. I need a four for this. Come no, on. No, no. Hard. It's only oh, hard. Ten. Uh, ninety-seven. Guess <laughs> you are sure it came from the basement. <laughs> no, uh, Nadia, do you want to give me a listen check? Listen. Yeah. Uh, 25, yeah, so that is equal to... Half. Yeah. Perfect. So you just, you are very, very sure that the thump came from the far bedroom. The bedroom which is at the front of the building and furthest away from the stairs. She's going to kind of hold her her finger in front of her lips and then just point to where that is to Jones. All right. I will, I guess, moving somewhat stealthily now, but quickly Mm -hmm. towards the door. I will go forward and I will kick it open. Gun and lantern in hand. Kick it open? Okay, done. So the door isn't locked or even even completely closed. It's slightly ajar. So when you get there, you, there's the creak, creak of floorboards as you make your way across and you BAM! Open the door. <gasps> Silence. It's an ordinary bedroom. It's the main bedroom, though. And there is a double bed. There's a bookshelf and there's a big window view to the front the front of the house. Apparently, this would be the room of, you know, Vittorio and Gabriella. There are many, many more crosses all over the walls. And there are also lots and lots of candles in here. Not lit. They are obviously used to cover the room in candles. I'd say too many candles. There's also a rosary. A rosary and a resting on a, a, a small table beside the bed. You notice... As you walk in, however, there is one other feature which actually grows before your eyes, and that is a widening blood stain on the ground. Subtle at first, you see now it is dripping from the ceiling. Blood is just drip, drip, drip. Do you want to get a sample of that? I'm more concerned about where it came from. You hear a scratch on the window, a little sort of on the window. I look at the window. The window, the curtains are drawn, but you can clearly see outside that there is um, movement and shadow. But there are trees out there, so it could just be from the trees. It's probably just the trees. I don't want to do it. You do it. All right, I will throw back the curtains dramatically. You rush and throw back the curtains. Okay. Can you please... What is your luck? Always a good question. Yeah. My luck. Uh, Sanity, magic points, 60 luck. And your luck? 50. Where are you standing? Uh, just at the entrance to the door. Okay, so you haven't gone into the room at all, and you've gone over the window. Yep. Great. You see something which... Sorry, you, Kiko, mm-hmm. see something that defies all logic and reason, and he does not see it because it happens behind him. All you can do is feel a small choke suppressed in your throat as you see the bed lift up of its own accord, as though granted buoyancy by strange spectral hands, and then this double bed flies across the room directly at your companion's back. You hear this creak, and you probably hear a startled fuck, or whatever whatever word you eke out before you have to give me a dodge roll, please. Okay. Dodge. 35. Actually, sorry. Can I warn? You, you can, yeah. yes. Actually, can you give me a spot hidden check? To spot the wires that the magician is using to levitate this damn bed. Ooh, equal to 45. Excellent work. So you, what that means is you see the, you see the, you see the beginnings of this in time. You see the, you see the beds, because it, what it does is it, it's, it slightly raises slowly at first, almost imperceptibly, and then just kind of yeets itself across the room. So you have time to yell out a warning. Yeah, so she's just going to be like, Jones, look. The bed <laughs> soars across. You hear the cry of warning. You turn around and you see this fucking thing going straight for your face. Will you please give me a dodge check? All right. Do I have um, advantage because she warned me? No. It just means you can make a dodge check. Aha. Um, yeah, 17. Fantastic. So you throw yourself to the side. You have a lantern in your hand, I believe. Is yes. that right? Okay. So that, that probably crashes down to the ground. That is equal to my uh, exceptional success. Oh, like the, okay. The, 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 the halfy success. So. Oh. 
Okay, well, in that case, I'll say that the lantern is intact. I mean, you dive and roll to the side as the bed basically smashes half out the window. Mm. There's this huge shattering. And once again, it it's becomes a bit darker because the, the window shutters are closed. The bed just sort of teeters there outside. And um, once again, the, just the blood starts to drip, 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 drip from the ceiling. And then the blood disappears. Just disappears. So it's not there. I'll turn to Cave and say, I'll tell you what. I don't like that bed, but it's less terrifying than what I thought I was going to see out that window. Yes, something is going on here. Perhaps our protection has been for naught. As we protected ourselves. So quickly seeing these these things of madness. Now, speaking of which, but that bed is still there. That is not an illusion or a delusion or a derangement, Keiko. No, that's very true. Now, like the blood may be. I mean, you saw. Did you see the blood dripping from the ceiling? I did. Yes. So what is that? A shared derangement? Folia du? Du? I don't know at this stage. I need to be doing some tests. I certainly will admit to the fact that I saw the things and experienced the things as you did. Now, I'm going to require both of you to make a sanity check. Now, is this the one where we want to roll high or low? Always low. Always low. I thought it was always a one exception. 35 under 60. 47 under 50. Okay. So you're both going to lose only one sanity. But, like, the fact is you've seen something obviously... Supernatural. But you justify it and you're like, no, this is fine. I mean, whatever's going on, we're just going to, that's what we're here for. What I like is that her thing is is she's like, ghosts don't exist. But she's going to be like, well, demons, however, they're a different story. (laughs) This could be a spontaneous telekinesis or, you know what? I say no more investigation. I say we go down to that basement and just pull that place apart. Well, Followed up by a severe burning down of this place. I think we need to tread carefully. Whatever is in this house or whoever clearly means us ill will. So we need to be cautious. What time of day is it? It's it's still morning. It's like 10 a.m. She's going to try to do, yeah, just some biology tests, I suppose. Just taking swabs or samples of like air quality, surfaces, mm-hmm. water mm-hmm. quality, things like that. Looking for mold that kind of thing okay so you so you whip out your science kit mm-hmm. and uh, are you doing it in this room where, where are you doing yeah i'll this? do it in this room because that's where we saw one of the the weird things right so she'll sure. do like an air quality test here and like a swab test of where the blood you know would have come from absolutely 22 under 70 so that is yeah that's under half okay that's fine so uh you find everything is normal i mean that there's a little bit of age to things um you know you th- you, th- you think that the air quality is fine one thing you do pick up on is that an unusual amount of church incense has been used you pick up definitely traces of smoke and incense sort of staining it's the sort of thing that you've encountered in churches before it's clear that this couple was deeply religious yeah, um, i'm clearly trying to ward off whatever they perceived as well i'm curious this this church as it were did they have catholic leanings sometimes you know there are religions that that have taken catholic leanings and you know and and twisted them did the church use iconography of the catholic faith no No. christian but christian but not uh but not catholic and were they catholic yeah i mean they're they're hispanic uh american couple so i will throw to keiko that most likely this was their own attempt to ward off the evil they sensed and they went down a religious route hoping that incense, candles, images of the Virgin Mary and all of that Mm. would protect them from whatever they perceive. Or if they had been targeted by the church or the cult in some way, then yes, this would also be a protection against them. I think what it rules out is any kind of direct involvement with that church, Mm -hmm. that they weren't acquainted with or friends or members of said church. That would seem to be the case. A good thing to rule out. Okay. Are we proceeding now down? So you're just going straight down to the basement? Am I Oh, I guess so. This fella's keen, so I am. I am. Up to you. It's always. A, it's always a discussion. Uh, I'm just. I just. It's. It's scary. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Okay. All right. Fine. I'm a straight to the problem kind of man. Hey, I get it. You are I mean, the problem. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so leaving the bedroom of flying bed death. Okay, so you make your way down to the ground floor and then open the door, which leads to the stairs to the basement. 
Once again, the door to the basement has a lock and three separate high density bolts. It can only be opened from the upstairs side, of course. Below, you can see the stairs wind down to a main basement storage room and the stairs are in very, very poor repair is the first thing I'm gonna notice. Mm. Just right off the bat. They look rotted away. They look in serious disrepair. They are slightly unscrewed from the wall. It is a hazard to say the least. The walls of the basement are lined with closely fitted boards, but beyond that, you can't see anything more from the, in the darkness. The pitch darkness, of course, because obviously it's a basement. There is no windows whatsoever. Navigating these stairs is going to be something you will need to do with caution. Now, this sounds like a terrible idea. I will get the rope, the aforementioned rope, in my bag. Uh-huh. Uh, I will tie it round the door frame. Okay. And we will lower ourselves that way. Oh, okay. So we're actually just circumventing the stairs entirely by going down the rope. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Uh, can you give me a uh, a climb check then, please? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, dear. My actually, climb is terrible. Actually, this is going to be a combined roll. Now, yeah. the way that combined rolls work is that you have to roll below both of whatever skills are together. So in this case, it's dexterity and climb. It's one roll. It's one roll. It just means that like if you're, you say your climb is 20 and your dex is 50. Oh, yes. There's dex. In order to, to succeed, you need to get under 20. Wow. My dex is 17. My climb is 20. That's seems poor for an archaeologist. <laughs> I suppose I'm a professor. I mean, archaeologists aren't really... I mean, there's archaeologists, <laughs> and then there's clearly what your character's archaeologist archetype is. Well, they're very... A little bit more, you know, escaping boulders and shit. Well, yeah, they've <laughs> clearly done me as this, so for a client, I'm surprised they've escaped anything. Maybe a stationary boulder I was able to escape. <laughs> well, maybe the pulp version of you is better. <laughs> How about 90 over 20? How oh. would that go, Tom? You know what? It actually doesn't go well. What did you get? Well, I got I, I, I got a critical success for my deck, like a good, uh, like a half for my decks, but a fail on my climb. Okay. So what happens is this, and it is really quite sudden, okay? So, because you have to put the rope over the banner of the stairs and climb down. No, I'm tying it around the door, just to be clear. The door, no, no, I know, yeah, yeah. but I mean to get, to get oh, yeah. the stairs are in between, right? Yes. As you start to inch your way down the rope, all of a sudden, the stairs, by their own fucking accord, just kind of lurch outward and shake uncontrollably, as though some great force was grabbing them and shaking them and pushing them into you. And so you both fail and you plummet down and crash, landing heavily and unceremoniously on the cold stone basement floor. Keiko hits first, I land on her, and my co- and I, I'm cushioned by her supple and now broken body. Okay, you both of you are going to take two hit points of damage. Yep. As you slip and crash. Oh yes, okay. Okay. How many hit points do you have just by the way? Twelve. I now have ten. Okay, I have nine, which seems weird, but anyway. Once again, you are, despite the fedora, you are an archaeologist. You uh. know, you're not necessarily the most hardy. So. He's saying you're a wimp, Nick. Now, you are in a smallish basement room. You're, oh, and your lantern was smashed, by the way. It definitely yeah. fell off your belt and crashed on the ground, extinguishing. You are now in utter darkness. What do you do? I will take out the torch. Your flashlight? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fine. Turn that on. Where's the... see the... First of all, now, because of the crumbling, shattering stairs, there's, you know, just kind of this dust in the air that pervades everything. It looks really spooky as you pour the beam of the flashlight through the basement. You can see you're in a... It's actually quite a smallish room. Smaller than you would have expected for a basement, actually. You can see there are scattered tools. There's a pipe. There's a trash can lid. Some lumber stacked in the corner. There's nails, screws, and so forth. Hammer and nails. And, Is it detached pipe? Uh, yeah, it's it's just a, a, a lead pipe on Good the ground. Good mealy size, perhaps? I mean, actually, yes, definitely. Cool. And also, pick leaning, it up. speaking of which, leaning against the wall, you can see a very large crowbar. Ooh. Pipe or crowbar? Well, I have it's a crowbar really in my decision. bag. Yeah, I reckon crowbar is probably better because it's got the hook. All right. Crowbar it is. You can see that there is also a small uh, sort of storeroom. You know, like this large square basement room has a sort of a smaller squared off area kind of in front of you on the opposite side of the stairs, which is clearly a storeroom. You normally you store lumber or coal or some such in there. Uh, the door is slightly ajar. What do you do? She's just going to do another just quick like air test down here, if that's okay. While you do that, I will chop up some of that lumber. So you walk over to the lumber? Yep. And you start to... Can you you go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll? Nice! Eight! Wow! Critical, critical, critical success. Okay. 
So as you see, Kiko hunched over, and how do you go on your roll, by the way? Really badly. I think um, I got 89 over 70, so I think that she, when she fell, several of her vials and, you know, bits and pieces, some of the chemicals got a little bit mixed together, so it's just coming up with, you know, random results. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So you you see her hunched over and frustratedly looking at her science kit, which Mm. are you just kneeling down on the ground in front of you? Do you do you have a light source of your own? Well, no, actually. Do you I think a... she was just fumbling about in the dark. Yeah, well, well uh, the flashlight's here, and I was going to make a fire, is what I was going to do with so, the lumber. So, well, say you, you walk over, but you keep the flashlight Making on. Making a fire in an enclosed space is like well, the worst that's idea. That's what I thought, but there is a door up there, and so. Uh... Well, say at least initially you sort of periodically turn the beam of your flashlight mm. to the lumber you're walking towards and back to her so she can see her. For, and yeah, it's to that, uh, back. It's like there, a haunting back, a hill house, yeah. And then. As soon, as soon as you turn the flashlight back towards her, you see something and you have to blink for a minute because you're not quite sure what it is you're looking at. But then it becomes very, very crystal clear that poised above her, floating in the air, you can see what appears to be a foot-long, strange, ornamental dagger. Floating, it looks, it looks rusted and metal and is literally moving as though with an invisible hand poised above her back while she hunches over her medic met over her science kit what do you do i will take out my trusty whip and i will ensnare it right no i will throw a plank of wood directly at the dagger okay so you you, you do what sorry you i throw a plank of wood i'm about to pick up and chop right. directly at the dagger do you cr- do you cry out in alarm to her as well to alert her to the fact um, I'm not sure I would, to be honest. I think I just pick up the. I think I just pick up the piece of wood and throw it. Okay. I am a fast thinker as opposed to a. Yeah. Do you mean fast actor, not? To yes. Think yes. Up? Exactly what I mean. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm about a, to be planked with some wood. No, no, no. The dagger's above you. <laughs> okay. So that's not what planking is, now. <laughs> as that occurs, we are going to go with. Yeah, so it's going to be trying to attack, and you'll be trying to attack as well. What is your dexterity? 70. Okay, so you will be going first. So I'm throwing it just so... So I'm throwing it so it will hit the dagger, and in theory would hit the body holding the dagger too, if there is one. But I've sort of thrown it lengthways as opposed to like a spear. Does that make sense? It does. I'm just trying to work out because it it would it, it would sort of be a thrown... It, it's throw. Yeah, it's, it's, it's throw. If, you know, if, you, if you're not walking up and whacking it, that's... How far away is it? You said it was a small base. Oh, it's, not, it's like a... a steps away. Oh, then I'll hit it. I'll yeah, hit yeah. it with it. Sorry. So, yeah. so you walk up and... Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing like a sideways swing to yeah. smack the dagger away and into, if there was an invisible person standing there, mm-hmm. into it as well. So I'll just go a melee attack. Yeah, so fighting. You're fighting. Getting, so you're giving me a fighting check, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. That is a 20. Great. So you, I mean, well, yeah, so look, you hit it very solidly and you move it through the space around it and you realize that there's not, there's nobody there invisible. It is just a floating dagger right, so as though moving by its own accord. And all it does is just kind of have it spin in the air a little bit. You realize that whatever's, but then it, it, it goes back and now we are basically in a combat. So what is your dexterity? Is uh, 70. Seven. That's good. So the way that initiative works is you don't roll it. It's just, you just go by highest dex to lowest dex. If you have certain things like, for example, if you fire your gun in the first round and you have it ready and cocked, Mm. then you basically add 50... 50 to your you're ready to go. Because you're ready to go. The gun is as fast as a gun. What, what is your dexterity, Kiko? 50. Okay. So, you knock the dagger. It tries to plunge itself into Kiko's chest. Will you please... Now, you have, you have a choice here, Kiko. Whenever you're attacked, you can either try to dodge or you can try to fight back. And this uses your action. Basically, the, the, the way it works is, with the dodge, if you are successful, they actually need to get a greater degree of success than you to win. Whereas, if you are fighting back, then you need to get a greater degree of success than them to win. But the when, advantage of fighting back as opposed to dodging is that you get to actually damage them in return if you're successful. When you say greater degree of success, what does that mean? So that's like, you know, I have to roll under success. a 22 rather than a 45? Yeah, like under your half, under your thing. So the way an opposed roll works is like, let's say that you, you know, we both roll, we both have 50%, right? If you get uh, 60, you fail. If I get under 50, I win. So I win I win the contest. If we both get under 50, like in the 40 range, then that's a tie. But what that means is if that, if that were to occur, then if you were dodging, then you would survive and not get hit by me. But if 
if you were fighting back, I would I would still win. So you need a greater degree of success in a fighting thing. Whereas if you're do- just just scrambling out of the way, dodging, then they need to get a greater degree of success to inflict injury on you. Okay. So I guess the question is, what's what's better for you? Are you better at fighting or dodging? Um, better at fighting, forty-five versus dodging, twenty-five. Okay. So, but obviously it's better for me to dodge. Yeah, I mean it depends. If you wanted to completely try and dodge out of the way, or whether you wanted to try to, um, you know, grab the knife or attack it with something. So I'll dodge. Okay. So you, Probably as the knife spears itself towards your face. That's a fail. You got a forty. Mm-hmm. And what is your dodge? Twenty-five. Okay. So you fail. Let's see how they do. How, how the dagger does, I should say. So, the, so the dagger actually rolled a ninety-eight, which is a critical failure. You you try to dodge and you sort of just slip and mostly fall down but it wasn't really expecting that and so the dagger actually kind of almost chips itself a little bit by sticking in the ground but you realize that it's kind of it's hard to damage it because it's just made of pure iron anyway that's that's the dagger's turn you use your turn dodging so it's top of the round neck i'm gonna grab hold of it by the handle grab a yeah so that's a that's a fighting maneuver yeah. so you it's still fighting but rather than doing damage you're just gonna try and grab it basically so yeah, yeah. grab it and stand on it let's do it an opposed fighting maneuver so you roll your fighting it rolls its fighting. See if you can feel anything around it. Yeah, I couldn't before when I ate. Oh, wow. Which okay. is a critical success, like a proper... Yeah, so, okay, that's perfect. So what, what that means is you, you can snatch the dagger and you can wrench it down and even secure it, like sort of stick it in the ground yeah, between, yeah. Between, between two bricks to give you a bonus on your... So it's got all my weight and it's jammed between the bricks. What is your strength? 60. Okay. So, so I am a swashbuckling character. Yeah. This, is not resp- this, does, this is not... First of all, you're going to have a crazy bonus bonus die because you've got this thing stuck in the ground so actually with two bonus die yeah. can you give me an opposed strength check to try and sort of, as it and rests is around its turn. yeah you realise that it's not quite as strong as you are yeah. like it isn't superhumanly strong you can grab this and restrain the dagger you think but uh, we'll see uh, that went less well mm-hmm. uh, 75 so you fail so what that means is that it, it kind of it doesn't fly out of your hand or anything but you don't have it nicely secured down because mm-hmm. he pulls itself out of the ground was I meant to be rolling two, one extra die there or two two extra die Oh, well then, let me roll one more. Sorry. I thought you may have said that, and then I was like... No, that's okay. That is better. 50, so I succeed. You succeed. But not by much. No, that's great. So what happens is the dagger just kind of wrenches itself and tries to pull itself out, but not, it's, it's stuck in the ground, stuck between the bricks. Nadia, you turn again. You see this ludicrous event happening. Um, to you, you, this would just look like I'm play-acting with the dagger. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> no, it, it, luckily, you did see it floating in the air. Oh, good, because otherwise I'd... It's like, oh, i got to get the, like, stop trying to pry, pry up those flagstones with that dagger. Will you, actually, both of you, at the present time, can you both please give sanity. me a, a sanity check? Uh, 21. That's actually pretty good. That's a pretty good sanity check. What are we trying to roll under? Uh, your sanity score. We lowered by one. We both lost one before. Yeah, so don't forget, as your sanity goes down, you need to get your, what's your current... Oh, yeah, yeah, Sorry, I get it. Mm. Yep, yeah, I roll under. Under, great. Okay, I so- critically roll under. Like, um, uh, step up. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, but you are both still going to take two sanity points because you're wrestling with a floating magic dagger. I always love, like, I know what this represents, this idea that, you know, in Knights of it's like, it's a dagger and it moves by itself. Ah, my mind. To, to be clear, what, <laughs> what, what it's actually supposed to represent is not literally you suffering from mental illness from seeing a floating you know, this dagger. stuff. What it is, is it's the influence of this Cthulhu mythos. It's almost like the radiation of the weirdness the nihilistic actually yeah. affecting your brain you are not so when you go go mad or go temporarily insane you're, you're not actually that reality you're perceiving things you're not meant to perceive yeah essentially it's more like a corruption yeah. from this outside alien forces than it is you know you actually suddenly getting Tourette's syndrome out of nowhere for five minutes that's like it's, it, 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 it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's nonsense it doesn't make any sense that's what I always loved about the, the Lovecraft stories it's like this idea that the people are it's, <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's a supernatural corruption, corruption yeah. that manifests itself with the appearance of very melodramatic mm. sort of fictional uh, mental illness Mm. So the point is, you're okay for now. You keep it together, although you're probably still like, <gasps> what the fuck is this? But yeah, it's uh, not a your turn. Okay. What do you do? Um, so the dagger's stuck in the ground. It, it's wedged in there thoroughly, but you can see it sort of pulling against Nick, uh, Nick's uh, efforts. The professor. The professor's efforts. Yeah, like I don't really know. You've got your bar, you've got your crowbar. I guess I, like, apart from like also restraining it, I don't know what else I could possibly do. Well, you can certainly do that. If you, you just jump on and grab it yourself. So, 23 under 45. Awesome. No, so you that's it. You 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 
both of you now with an excellent grip on it. Like you brace yourself, you just put your weight on it just right. So it's really, because you don't know how long it can do this for. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe you can do it for ever, forever. But you're banking on the fact that, you know, whatever is doing this, whatever is conjuring this effect might be limited. So uh, Nick, with two bonus dice again, will you will you please give me a an opposed fighting check? I was actually thinking I might grab the spade and tent peg this thing deeper into the ground. Okay, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, like to just sort of really... Uh, Nadia's still holding it. Yeah, okay, So great. one hand's still holding it. I grab my spade, which is just in the bag over to the side, and it's like, Koom! Okay, yeah, that's... Like, try and hammer it in. Snap it or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, oh, I, I thought about snapping it, but I think that's probably more likely. If it's made of iron, yeah. it's more likely I'll sort of just... Smack it into the ground like a tent peg, basically. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, or a, ra- a railway spike. Okay, yeah. so with one bonus die then, mm-hmm. because you have to get, take one hand off to grab the spade, give me an opposed fighting check. Uh, is zero zero a hundred or is it zero? No, zero is that that's that's zero. Seven. Okay. Yeah, Another yeah. critical. Uh, that's three critical successes in a row. Okay. So and I'll and I'll tell you that the knife failed. So that's yeah. just a, a such a degree that I'm going to say that that does it. So you basically hammer this thing to the point where it is nothing but a little metal bulb in the ground. It's a nub. And you can see the nub kind of wiggle for another few seconds. And then it lies still. Well, I'd say that about makes us even. You got the bed, I got the dagger. True. I don't want to go for a third round if possible. What just happened? Something animated this dagger. A nefarious force that tried to stab you in the back. There's no scientific in your way out of this one. See, you think that that's an explanation, but all that does is raise further questions. (laughs) It's true. You're right. What animated it? I want to dig up these floorboards. Not this part, obviously, and see. Can I just take a closer look at the dagger? You sure can. But you know, does it look cer- ceremonial? It or? does. Look, you can't look at it properly now because it's buried. But I saw it a little bit as well. You did. It looked like a long, like a long, long, like the actual blade itself is about twelve inches long, tapered triangular ceremonial slightly serrated towards the base of it dagger can made you, of iron can you do like oh, I've got a cult in history yeah. yeah it's also caked with a strange rust which is now on your hands alright can I archaeology are you wearing gloves Tom on your gloves can we uh, I'll occult that actually rather than history and occult are the same for me so yeah. can I just make you sure can just make a roll for both of them yeah absolutely 60. 60. 60. 60 over 60. Okay. So you realize this, it, it doesn't actually have the trappings of any known human occult or ancient society or anything like no. that. It, it, it's not like this is, a, a, say, like a Native American knife or an Anglo-Saxon knife. It, it's, it has strange markings and carvings, but doesn't really match up with anything. Take a sample of that rust. I'm going to start flipping up these flagstones. Why don't you analyze this this substance here? And while you're doing that, you can also both give me a spot hidden roll like two 43 under 45 okay interesting so both of you notice a couple of things first of all because your, your first thought was to was to do some digging on the ground mm. and but the but the bricks look old and very very unmolested okay but the wall the far wall mm. not the one that leads to the front yeah. no looks to be well first of all it's, it's boarded up and there's wooden planks but you can very very clearly see that there's a couple of areas that looks as though they have recently been boarded up ah Slightly discolored. Yes. Okay, I'm also uh, going to do a biology roll while he's doing that as well. Oh, that's real bad again. 90 over 70. You're stressed, and a couple of your instruments have been bent or broken, so you don't really find anything conclusive. Although, what is your uh, scientific? 70. Okay, so because you have a skill so high, you don't need to roll for a bunch of information. So what you can pick up on is this is actually dried blood. Okay. Um, that, that sort of... I mean, I don't know what else I was expecting from <laughs> yeah. the haunted dagger, to be honest. So caking... <laughs> <laughs> caking the blood you know that this is uh, you think actually multiple years worth mm. so multiple people or animals it's probably animals right yeah that's fine don't worry about it so you can see there is a spot on the wall in which it looks like it was recently reboarded up okay so Keiko if you hold the flashlight for me and I'll give you a can of kerosene in the other hand one that I use to refill the lantern and like if I give the word and I'll start using the crowbar to flick all the the newer boards Mm -hmm. off the wall and I'll put them at the ground okay at my feet so that if something comes lurching out Mm -hmm. you're ready to dump the kerosene on it Mm -hmm. I'm ready to fire the gun at it I will say that's fine but you have the gun ready the gun's in my hip hip, and I'm crowbarring off ready to be like okay you take a deep breath and you feel the you feel your heart rate increase as you reach up towards the wall you go to put the crowbar into the wall and as you do so you think that you can definitely hear some sort of some scratching coming from inside the wall do you still proceed 
I'm going to take the gun out. Okay. You take the gun. I look at Keiko just to be like, you ready for this? You don't hear that, of course, Keiko. So you just see him pause and then take the gun out, escalating the situation. And I just nod to you, like, get ready for noise. Yep. I'm going to fire into where I heard the noise. Oh, you're going to fire in? Yeah. Okay, great. So it's, it's just planks of wood. I'll... No, that's fine. So you bang, bang. It's echoing. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's a loud gun. Yeah, and so yeah. you get this. You blow a big hole or two, I think, in the wall, right? Yeah. And then, furrowing out, all of a sudden, there is this surge and a couple of the floor, and a couple of the planks kind of dislodge slightly and this swarm of rats, rats. just mm-hmm. pours out of the wall. But they are not behaving normally. Like, they are like an, a maddened, enraged, rabid horde that try to basically surge towards you. Are you going to try to, like, dodge out of the way or are you going to sit there and smack at them? I'm going to try and smack at them with the Crowbar. Okay. Gun in one hand, crowbar yeah. in the other. That's fine. So as they surge, they, they try to crawl up your leg and all around you. Give me an opposed fighting roll. Ugh. Rat fight. <laughs> I did say that guy looked like a rat t- transformed <laughs> into a human earlier. I mean, you as a scientist know this is not how rats normally behave. Like rats. Like rabid. Rat swarms aren't really a thing outside of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, success, but not anything special. So just a regular success. Just a regular success. Okay, they actually cover you a little bit and suck a bite, 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 and tear through. A couple of them scramble into you. You can hear ah! and just that high-pitched whining that always occurs with rats sort of screaming you. So they overwhelm you and they... Even though I succeeded? Yes, because they got a... Oh, they got a... Okay, but yeah. A larger degree of success. Scratching and biting. Oh, jeez. I mean, they, they start to tear into you. You can, you can feel a couple of them trying to eat their way into your stomach. Uh, all of a sudden, as you smack and try to fight and tear them off, like, you are just... You, would you please take uh, four damage? It's a lot of damage. He, he screams and, or yells and grimaces and, and staggers back and he has, like, two or three rats attached to his neck, uh, just sort of gnawing away. You can see blood running down oh, his neck. Did want me to throw the kerosene. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I might not even object. Better to be a little bit burnt than eaten alive by rats. Nadi, what do you do? Uh, yeah, I would just try to help him, I suppose. Mm-hmm. How so? Uh, I have no idea. It's a bit tricky, right? Just trying to pull him away from the mass of the rats, maybe? Yeah, so you, so you can yank him back and try to yank some rats off him type yeah. thing. Yeah, that's fine. That's a fighting maneuver, so roll fighting, please. As you desperately claw and tear at the rats. No, fail. You you end up slapping him in the face <laughs> by accident and uh, accident but by, by, by don't really accomplish much more than that our um, characters don't hate each other we hate each other <laughs> get into character so staggering staggering back further they are still surging over although they are, most of them are actually starting to run away as well like it's, it's mostly just because you were there blocking their mm-hmm. retreat you think mm-hmm. but there's a couple that are still in a frenzied rage attached to you what do you do me I mean because they are going to they are going to attack you I will do, do a crowbar f- sweeper maneuver down my body sounds good so you're fighting back let's yeah, do that fighting back Let's go. Dragging the crowbar down you. Well, that's a five. Now you're ganging. Oh, but that's that's a critical success. Easy. So you just you whip the crowbar down with her helping as well. Yeah. You just knock the three off your face in one fell swoop, and then there's another because it, it isn't just one attack. It's yeah. a couple of seconds of fighting. You rip them off. You stomp on them, and then you kill enough that the rest of them just kind of <laughs> off into the darkness. And you can see the hole you've made in the wall. And you can see that there is definitely... I have no medicine. Yeah, do we have any fur? I do. What? what? No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't have any. Neither of us have medicine. No. Um... Can I roll anything? Just like basic first aid? I've got 10 magic points. Can I use those to heal myself, Tom, with some kind of heal spell? I do have first aid. I just yeah. don't have medicine. No, no first, oh. aid, first aid is exactly what you need here. Yes, I've got first aid too. That's good. What's yours? 50. Mine's 52. Right. Can we both do a ch- check on him? The, w- the way this will work is you'll be helping him. Yeah. Well, he'll be helping you. I'll be well. helping you. So yeah. you, you, whoever rolls will have a bonus die. You roll. No, 85. Here, roll again. My life. So that's one. 75. No. All right, so you try to patch up and, like, stop staunch the bleeding, but, you know, you've, it's it's not great. Like, you're not going to heal anything. You're still really hurt. Fuck, I'm rolling really badly. Okay. okay. You know, I think at this point, I'm inclined to go with let's burn this basement to the ground. We have to work out what's going on here, and we're certainly not going to be paid if we burn the house down that he's trying to profit from. We need to work out what's going on here. Through the hole in the wall, you can see that what that leads to is a crawl space. And the crawl space is obviously always between two rooms. Uh. Mm. All right. 
Fine. And I'll flip... I will um, use the crowbar to get the rest of the boards off to give us room to go into the secondary room. Okay. So you smash through into the crawl space. And then, I guess, likewise again, just... So first of all, you can see it, it extends the, the entire length of the basement. Mm. But there's definitely another wall here, you know, mm. plastered and boarded up. It, there's clearly another room beyond the crawl space, which is not, by the way... On the floor on the, plan. On the blue, on the floor plan of the house. Yeah. So you just smash through the secondary yeah. part. Okay. Crumbling into darkness. Once again, flashlight or lamp? What, what do we... Well, we don't have a lantern anymore. Smashed. Your, yep, so your the kerosene's just fuel in case okay. we need to... Uh... <laughs> oh, oh no, I get it. <laughs> so, okay. You smash through and you can see a secondary room. Now, straight away, the limits of your flashlight pick up on the fact that this room is about conservatively two and a half times the size of this one. It's two and a half times the size of the basement. It's mostly bare. In the center of the room is effectively a stone pallet. There's a, a drawn, wizened-looking figure. Some six feet tall, skinny, naked. It looks like an older man. You can see that he's got ghastly, wide, flaring, saucer-like eyes, which even, like a wolf's eyes, in the reflection of your flashlight, appear to reflect as red. You know, like, not glowing like clouds, but as though, you know, like old-fashioned photographs. He has a nose like a knife blade. It's just so sharp and pulled and gaunt. And he has some sort of a chain, like a golden chain around his neck. Apart from that, he's wearing nothing. He's lost all the all of his hair and he's got sort of shrunken gums that have made his teeth look very long and from him straight away comes this sort of strange sickly sweet smell like rotten corn so he's alive well it looks like a withered desiccated corpse the floor by the way is earth it's all earthen mm-hmm. there are no bricks there's no boards there's no nothing there's stone walls but these stone walls look older like there's they're bricks but they're not in the same make and model as the others the only other feature feature in this entire room there's no other door stairs exits whatsoever in the far far corner you can see that there is a little round oak wooden table it's like a medieval looking carved table and on it you can see that there are some curled up papers but as soon as you smash through and sort of enter this room the corpse sits up straight shot to the head straight shot to the head okay so you, you had your gun out and ready yeah so that is going to add 50 to whatever your dexterity this is Cthulhu is. like you know in d and I'm like let's talk with the dude this is Cthulhu oh this is so So first of all as soon as he sits up and actually probably before you can like take a shot the first thing we're going to do is you're definitely going to roll sanity Oh, good. Six. Great. Critical Great. success. No, that's wonderful. I mean, so... Would have rather had that for the headshot, but anyway. So look, you are looking at what appears to be an animated corpse. So you're still going to lose one sanity. Mm-hmm. Everyone is. So... Does he? He... No. Surging forward. You, you're going to go first. Yeah. So, so, so you're going to... So in your turn, you're making a... Headshot. Yeah. Headshot. Yep, do it. Wish I'd got that six. That would have been a critical success. Now, are you going to do it just from where you are? Or are you going to get up to point blank because he's moving slowly? What are you doing? The reason I ask is, with the way the way firearms work, it's just like everything else. You roll your percentage. But a couple of factors to keep in mind is that if you're sort of point blank, like in, yeah. in melee range, you get a bonus die. I will definitely walk up melee range, shoot him through his stupid eye. Mm-hmm. This isn't probably the first time I've had to deal with stuff like this. Usually it's mummies wrapped in bandages and things. Sure. But yeah, yeah. head's always a good place to start okay. uh, and then I'll back away afterwards okay well let's let's see how you go yeah okay 13 so that is that is very good that so, is a success without being a critical okay sorry it, it's a it's a jump up success yeah it's, so really when it comes to attack rolls it's it's just well, actually most skill rolls it's either success or critical success but still it's a success well this is a critical success just not like the 15 critical yeah sorry, oh, sorry I mean like I know it's below half that's not a crit uh, so, okay. so a, a crit is just a fifth of your okay it's not a crit it's a success but, but whatever hey you hit right yeah. um, is your guns damage listed there yes it's a d10 okay well please please roll that come on double zero Six, above average, I'll take it. Okay, now what you notice though is that as you blast him through some strange arcane supernatural protection, Mm. the bullet does hit him and does kind of blast into his flesh a little bit, but nowhere near as much as you would have thought. You Mm. think he's got some kind of preternatural armored form. As he then... I'll yell to Keiko then. Mm -hmm. Get that amulet off him. Cool, interesting. So... Those mummies are always coming out with their bling on and so always, you know. No. 
no, 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 absolutely. So, okay, so he is going to just, like, lunge forward and is going to uh, try and speak some words at you. I defend by covering my ears. Okay. I close my ear holes, Tom. I see. Would you please give me a pow roll? So power is like your willpower. Oh, yes. Also your magical stuff. As you can feel unnatural thoughts. You feel a presence. Trying yeah. Yeah. To- 82. Try to invade your brain. That is a failure. Oh my gosh. Okay, you all of a sudden look dazed. Completely in dazed. And then you feel a voice in your head. Essentially say, throw down your weapon. Nadia, what do you do? You see him You see him frozen and blinking. Straight away you can see that something has gone wrong with him. Like he's not continuing to fire. He's, he's stopped. He blinks and looks dazed and confused. And then the figure is just kind of gesturing his clawed hand at Nick. Not, not saying anything out loud. What do you do? Okay, well he's told me to get the amulet off him. So I guess I'll try to do that. Okay, sounds good to me. So make an opposed fighting check. 20 under 45. Great. So it's as simple as this. You run up and you just snatch the amulet straight off his straight off his neck. It's a golden amulet and there's a strange sort of symbol carved into it. A strange sign, if you will. <laughs> An elder sign? I'm saying it's a sign, Nadia. So you do that. He freaks out uh, and just turns to look at you. And you can see that temporarily you are, you still feel a presence in your head, Nick, mm. but you are temporarily, and so he, he's not concentrating. He's not concentrating on me. In yeah. D&D terms, You've broken concentration because yeah. this is throwing him for a loop. What do you do? Um, I have the crowbar in my hand. Like, so, I got, this is a mechanical question. Sure. Then. Can I try and like take his head off with this thing? Like, is there such a cool thing like this? I, I've seen that the bullet doesn't do much damage, mm-hmm. you know. And likewise, you know, when you shoot a zombie, actually, a, a crowbar could actually be used to dissemble him. You hook it around his neck and try and force his head off. Yeah, yeah. Is there a way to mechanically do that, or is that just crowbar damage? Oh no, no. You can so you can, so you can do a cold shot, right? Yeah. And what what that'd be is you're very, you know sort of very particularly going for his head. It'll be a penalty die. Yeah. Yeah. But then it'll have the potential to be like a critical hit. Right, so I'm going to try and... So I've got the crowbar on one hand, gun on the other. Okay. So I'm going to try and basically use... I'm basically going to try and um, use the crowbar to essentially take his head off. Like, you leverage okay. it off with the crowbar. Oh, okay. I like it. Okay, that's interesting. The crowbar's got that hook and everything. Like, get him down and pop the head... Twist and pop the head off. All right, let's get, let's give it a go. So a penalty die? So I'll go roll the white one then. I take the worst of the two? It, yes. Oh, no, just roll the same. Okay. And, and it's fighting, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fighting. I'm willing to give this a go given that he's in my head. Yeah. Um, so, uh, look, uh, penalty, it's 49. That's a success with fighting. It's either 39 or 49. The worst one is 49. Great. Well, you should have... Now, you should have damage there for your bonus melee damage. Bonus damage, none. So, oh, okay. So you have no bonus damage. So you're just going to roll for me. It'll be like a D8. Okay. So roll a D8. So mechanically, I've probably been better shooting him then. Uh, well, it'd be a D10 as opposed to a D8. And I, I wouldn't guess. have had the... Wouldn't have had the... But you still hit and you still get him in the head. So what that's you're going to do yeah. is you're going to roll 2D8 and take the best one. Okay. So that, and that's, that would be the mechanical... Well, it's choice between seven and seven. So I'll take seven. You'll take the seven. Great. Okay. So now once again, you feel the resistance. You mm-hmm. feel as though you're battered and you're, it hits with less force and less impact, less sort of shattering than you mm-hmm. think it should be. But what you seem to notice about this strange protection of his is that as you hit him for the second time, this supernatural armament seems to be limited. Fated, and And yeah. you are degrading it. Mm-hmm. And you actually think you've degraded it almost completely. So we'll say you hit it once and then you hit it again and the second one is hits it like an actual corpse yeah, word, right. right that's his turn can I just say the weapon is made of pure iron yes you can just just if it's relevant no 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 I, I, I do understand now uh, you've taken your turn to attack it's which means turn. you yeah which means you can't fight back so he's just going to as you as you're smacking into him he is going to lash out at you and is going to try to re-exert control over you so can you give me another power check please mm-hmm. Whoa, 14 uh, uh, yeah success okay you feel that the connection in your brain has been broken and yeah. so Nadia, you, you see Nick basically shake his head and seem to reco- recover his wits, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden his fighting stance becomes much more solid, and the torch is back in his shining in his face. Uh, what do you do? I throw the kerosene at it. Yeah, it's not a terrible idea. Do you just douse him in kerosene? Yeah, yeah done. <laughs> you just that, that, that's not even a roll. It's like he, he's, he's not moving very fast, and he's, you're still ki- he's still kind of entangled in melee with Nick. So you, you might get a little bit of splash on Nick, but mostly you just kind of dunk it over his head. Mm-hmm. This corpse is now doused in kerosene. Excellent work. Um, Top of the round. Can't light him. Oh, I think that'd be another. I think that'd be next turn. I think one turn to douse him thoroughly in yeah. kerosene, and then it's up to you next turn or Nick or whatever. Your turn now. You said he was on a slab. 
Yes, a stone slab. A stone slab. Yes. All right, I'll smash the... Cr- I'll rake the crowbar along the stone, trying to create some sparks. <laughs> okay. Just like... <laughs> That's really creative. I want, to, I want to allow that. So, yeah, look, it's a fighting maneuver. You're just going to try and send up a shower of sparks by dragging the crowbar along this stone slab. Yeah. Yep, if anything, it's probably a dex check to get out of the way. Oh, that'll, 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 <laughs> that'll be Don't worry. Yeah, right, you are okay. partially doused in it, so... All right, um... So this is really good. So I'm just sort of raking it, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's, it's it's still it's a it's a fighting maneuver. You can oh, try yeah. you can try any of this cool out of the box stuff. It, it'll just be it'll it'll count as a fighting maneuver. Alright. Uh, success twenty nine. <laughs> Great. So the sparks shower all over him, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> He just goes up, like he really, really goes up in flames and starts to give this strange kind of choking cry. Like he can't make proper sounds. He's yeah. like a real, he's like, <laughs> and like starts to, as it slowly comes up. Now, give me a dexterity check to get out of the way. I'm going to say this is going to be not, not crazy hard, but hard. Yeah. Because you're right there. So you need to get under half your dex. Thirty under thirty-five for half my dex. So, oh, nice! Yeah, so seventy is my dex. Thirty-five is half, and I rolled thirty with expert Indiana Jones <laughs> agil- agility. Nevada of- Jones, I'll have you know. Yeah, with surprising celerity for a, a man uh, so de- so over- overwhelmed with strange Rat activity, guys. you just roll to the side and get out of the way. Nadia, what do you do? The corpse is now on fire. Um. Do I have marshmallows? Sure. If it's on fire, like, I, I'm not going to hit it. Like, you don't punch <laughs> something that's on fire. So um, I'll just take a look at the amulet. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it, as described... It, well, it's... can I ask, are we still in combat? Yes, you definitely... What did definitely he do are. in his turn before now? He tried to re-exert control and failed. You have shovels, you have a pick, you can just hurl something at him. Chuck the kerosene can at his head first. You can just smack him with something. Uh, up to you. I just, yeah, you don't punch things that are on fire. No, so, no, like, no. I don't do anything. Look, you can hit him... From a distance with the shovel. I just like literally. Uh, why would I do that? <laughs> yes, like, so it's just like I'll put no. myself in melee range of this undead. No, no, no. <laughs> what about what about like? I'll just take a look at the. I'm not going to. I'm not going to punch something that's on fire. Grab one of the candles okay. and light it off him to give us some light. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no look, you, you can... I, I look at the amulet. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it, it is a it is a round sort of circular amulet. It appears to be made of very old gold, and it has a sort of a strange sign and symbol on it that you. Do not recognize but it gives you a slightly uncomfortable feeling when you look at it kind of like a headache without the pain it's like my hip flask yes well i don't know anything about the occult so maybe i'll just chuck it to jones yeah. okay yeah you, you, you i'll shoot. catch it with one hand mm-hmm. and then shoot him with the other um, i see no reason to not shoot him give me a dexterity check dex yeah dex to catch it oh okay uh yeah i catch it great you catch it out of the air and then you shoot him. Yeah, just shoot him again. I'll from a bit of distance. Oh yeah, yeah. You back off and shoot. Yeah, for sure. Just because uh, twenty-eight. No, yeah, it's a hit. Great. Roll damage. I've rolled really well in the combat stage of all these rolls, like surprisingly well. Mm. Um, ten. Wow. Okay. So you take careful aim. You line up Ronnie's face and you shoot and your high-powered gun just close enough to get some real uh, some splatter effect. Basically, this strange, viscous, but also mostly dried out liquid just blows backwards and his head explodes. The shambling corpse falls down to the ground and instantly crumbles to dust, mm. leaving you alone in the dark room with your flashlight. Does the miasma lift at all? Do we? Feel- yeah, no, you feel completely fine in the mm. head. Probably our eyes are just into the darkness again because the fire would have gone out mm. with no fuel. I mean, it's, it still burns a little bit, but, uh. then, but then goes away into dust. You have the flashlight still, I guess. Do you want to grab those scrolls? Yes. Now let's get the let's hell out of here. Let's take a look. There's nothing else in this area, is there? There were just those papers yeah. on, yeah. The, on, the, on the table next to We them. can examine those somewhere else. Yep. There's also another boarded up area upstairs that I think we should take a look at as well. But Maybe tomorrow when I've had my rat bites checked for rabies. Yes, let's depart hastily. Okay, so you leave. Taking the papers with us. Taking the papers, yes. You're going to have to do a climb check to get out. Yeah, probably. Yes, you are. Yes, correct. Staying away from that damn staircase. De- a dexterity climb check. You know what? This time, I will let you go first and be ready to assist you should you fall. Oh, yeah. Um, 12, yeah, thankfully. Great. So, so you, the stairs don't move. You definitely feel the unease that you felt in this house dissipated. You think that you've actually cleansed this place of the, right. 
Menace. So I'll go up the stairs while holding on to the rope. Done. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So you hold on to the rope, you navigate your way up, and yeah, you're fine. Yeah. You're back out into the house. It's almost like, you could argue it's because it's a little bit later in the day, mm. but the shadows and the darkness and the dimness of the house is slightly reduced. Mm, mm. And you make your way just out the front door. Mm-hmm. Lock it behind us. Great. So, it appears that you have solved the mystery. You've found the body of Walter Corbett in the basement. <laughs> No doubt turned to the dark arts and whatever monstrosity he was, you don't know. But you you think you've solved the problem of the house for now. Five dollars, Keiko. I said in that car there'd be a body in the basement. I never made that bet. (sighs) So we cut to an epilogue. It's a few few days later. Mm. You're back at... It's, it's, it's the monthly meeting of your mm. society. And you can see a large group of people all around you. And you uh, can see a, a young dapper chap with a thin sort of Errol Flynn style moustache and a cigarillo and a pinstripe suit leaning against the fireplace. And he says, uh, so what was your final conclusion? What happened? No idea. Corbett, in my opinion, though I will say my TA disagrees with my final findings, and that's okay, it's always good to have a sober opinion. Wink. Mm-hmm. The Corbett, part of this cult of the Keepers of Silence, was involved in the occult somehow. He demanded his body be buried in the house so he could draw power, possibly, from haunting and killing the residents. This was our initial summation and was borne out by the facts. Whether how far the church's involvement extended beyond their dissolution by the police remains unknown. At Keiko's suggestion, our reports to our employer was that there was a body down there and that it had uh, basically the putrefaction created black mold and ergot, Mm, which drove everyone who lived there to madness via disease. That, coupled with the stories from the neighbours, made that people, those prone to such fights of flancy, was exacerbated so. With a thorough cleanse, the house should be fit for habitation. Alright. He was pleased with this recommendation. Fantastic. Okay. So there's there's some solemn nods from the other strange and kooky members of your club and a couple of little claps and there's some 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 offered uh, whiskies. What did the papers say? That is a that is a tale for another time. For they they are in a strange language that, oh. that will require some deciphering. In fact, in fact what what they are is a couple of spells. Okay. In an arc. I'll, I'll just tell you, obviously. <laughs> it's done, you've won. So they're they are a couple of spells, which are actually the only two spells that he knows, which is the Dominate and, yeah. then, and then the uh, Armor, Protection one. Luckily, I've uh, got they, ten magic points yeah, to spend. They, if, you, if you want to learn them and risk your sanity, they take you weeks to learn. But thank you so much for playing and scene. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.